0: Good morning and welcome to Wednesday morning, November the 4th in 2020 on When Our Rise. We're currently in year A, proper week 27 in the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. And on Wednesdays, we like to take a look at one of the auxiliary texts in the Revised Common Lectionary for the week. We don't designate Old or New Testament or Psalms or Gospel on this day. And so there's an, an Old Testament passage from the book of Amos, Amos chapter 5, verses 18 through 24, that I like to read and share for us today as we. Uh, face our day with prayer and give our souls to God and so I'm going to read that pa- passage and provide a couple points for reflection and we'll spend our time praying along this theme. So thanks for making this part of your morning on Winter eyes, Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Amos chapter 5 verses 18 through 24. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It'll be as though a man fled from a lion only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness. I hate, I despise your religious festivals. Your assemblies are stench to me. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your harps, but let justice roll on like a river and righteousness like a never-ending stream. This is the word of God for us. If you find yourself like on the spectrum of action-oriented versus like idea, thought, discussion-oriented spectrum, those extremes, if you find yourself on the action-oriented type on that spectrum, you will love the book of Amos because Amos is not a career prophet. His book is prophetic, but he, as the author, uh, describes him and introduces him in Amos chapter one, verse one. He is one of the shepherds of Tekoa. So, what does that mean? Well, the nation of Israel is split in two after a generation after King Solomon. And Tekoa is at the very north end of the southern kingdom. So like if there's a border between north and south, imagine the most one of the most northern points in that southern half of the kingdom. And so here is Amos. He didn't go to school to be a prophet. He isn't one even close to the temple. He's out there in the fields as a shepherd. He knows horticultural. He knows animals. He knows the changing of seasons. He doesn't know all the depths of the knowledge of the scrolls or all the interpretive history of the religious sector of his society. But he gets, as my friend Brian likes to say, a bee in his bonnet about injustice that's going on, not in the southern part of the kingdom, but on the northern part of the kingdom. And so we know that he leaves his home. He crosses the border in order to preach the word of God against the sins of the northern kingdom. And one of the things he gets to in this particular passage is there's there's an idea that's floating around this time. As Israel, who claims to be the one people of God, they believe that they worship the one God of the whole universe, who's got one plan for the world that this one God loves, they ask, how is God going to put all this back together? So over time, this idea of the day of the Lord began to emerge. That God was going to intervene in a very drastic and very direct way in order to put all things back together. And so if you're an insider, you believe and kind of long for this day, right? Like you want this to happen in order for the things that you love the most to come to pass and to come back swiftly and for you to be rewarded for your hopes and your longings and your beliefs. And so this is a stunning sermon that Amos gives. Now, Amos has got a tough message to tell and he wanted to resonate, his message to resonate with his audience. And so he used a pretty clever tactic. Early in the book, uh, Amos begins to talk about the sins of neighboring nations. and He talks about the thing that God doesn't like about the other nations. And so you can imagine the crowd around him. All these insider Jews are just saying, amen, preach it, brother. Say it plain. You know, all these things, just cheering him on as he's You know, basically pointing his finger at all the other nations. And then as he's got them all worked up in a frenzy, he pulls out the rug underneath their feet and he talks about the sins within Israel. And he puts them within the scope of God's judgment. And so he goes on this long list, these long sermons about how God is displeased with the nation of Israel. And in this passage, he says, why do you long for the day of the Lord? As if it's like a lucky rabbit's foot, like you're going to get off the hook. Because God's evaluating you. God's evaluating your values and priorities and plans. He's even evaluating the way that you treat worship. You claim to bring these burnt offerings to God, and you think that this is somehow tiding God over into some sort of fealty to this God. But I've got news for you. God despises these burnt offerings. He despises these festivals. And He has a greater agenda in mind. And that is for justice to roll down like a like an ever-expecting stream, like something that you can predict day after day, a stream that rolls downhill and gives fresh water. And, and Amos would have been familiar with this. This would have been an image that he's lived with all of his life as he shepherds over a flock. He would understand and notice that a stream that you can count on is a life source to all those who depend upon it, right? And so he says this is what God is depending on. God is depending upon his people, hearing his word, reflecting on his presence and the story of Israel and then turning around and doing justice and there's nothing but injustice in the land. Justice is a hot button term in our day and time. there are some who would want the church not to talk about justice they think it's some sort of like a, it's you know somehow a disguise for something more sinister inside but think about it at the very heart of what Jesus asks us to do is to love our neighbors as ourselves. He says in the golden rule to do unto others, as you would have them do to you. There is a reciprocity. There is a commitment. What I would want you to do for me, I'm going to do for you. And I will live with the consequences if you don't follow through. But if for me, as for me, I'm going to anticipate that I'm going to lead with kindness and that you'll return with kindness. And I was broken in Amos's day. And so friends, as we wake up from election results, whatever they are, I'm recording this before it's final. Maybe it's not even final on Wednesday morning. May the people of God... Not be so antsy about election results, even though it's obviously important. Obviously, it shapes our world and it shapes what happens to us and to our neighbors. But the church has its own ethic. It works in the midst and alongside and sometimes uh, woven together with politics. It's a mess. But can we trust in Jesus? And can we do the next right thing? Can we be people of justice and know that we're not turning our eyes away from the hurting and that we're actually lifting up the plight of the poor and in doing so, we know that we are in the midst of the will of our God. So I want to pray that we that we, that we would take upon the mantle of doing the right thing. Particularly the next right thing that's placed before us. Because that's really all we can do. Instead of commentating on things that will never interact with us, let's deal with the thing that matters most. This is what drove Amos to leave his flock behind, cross the border, and speak a harsh word to those who are walking in the midst of blindness. So I'm going to pray a very short prayer that we'd be people of justice as we pray and follow a God of justice today. Let's pray together this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we confess today that you are a God of justice. And you are the one who, justice, who judges fairly, without partiality. And at the heart of this is that you raised Jesus from the dead, because he was the blameless one wrongfully accused, wrongfully crucified. He was the guiltless one who suffered a guilty punishment. But when you raise him from the dead, you declared far and wide to the edges of our universe that you're the God of justice, that you'll vindicate those who are guiltless. And so God, this day, we confess to you that at times we have not been just. There are times we've leaned into and and, And actually admonish those who act unjustly. And so God, we ask for your forgiveness this day. We want to be better. We want to be transformed. We want to be those who love our neighbors as ourselves. We want to take the needs of others and put them within ours and declare all of it is your work. And so God, this day, make us a just people because we follow a just God. So be with us. Give us your Holy Spirit. For this is tough work, but it's meaningful work. And so God, may that work um, begin to um, billow from the, the confessing church, the people who call upon the name of Jesus. And God, I pray that you'd build us up in this hour. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.